Have men in today's world been robbed of their leadership and masculinity? Has our media and entertainment stripped the strength from our men, or have we given it away freely? On today's program, we'll meet with a father and son that love the outdoors, fishing, hiking, skiing, and more. But they choose to spend much of their time on a different endeavor, building strong relationships that help build stronger and more godly men. A strong man is not judged by his outward appearance, but on his heart. What lies within the heart of a man? 1 Samuel 16.7, we see where God spoke to Samuel when he was at the household of Jesse, looking for the man that would become king of all of Israel. As he saw Jesse's sons pass before him, God told Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now let's join our host as he visits with two men that along with another help to build men through their ministry, the heart of a man. Now here's our host, Dean Hulse. Welcome to God's Great Outdoors. Uh, we appreciate your help, Adam, and in that introduction, um, Adam has been a great help and he, we would have a hard time doing this without him, not only because of his voice, but because he knows the equipment and I don't. So it's uh, God sent him to us. We are today in Indiana and we are with a father son we had three two or two sons three of you but we had two three of you a minute ago and one had to leave for a minor emergency at home <laughs> we have Kyle and Bill here with us and uh, they are from Heart of the Man Ministry and I got a chance to listen to a little bit just the last couple of days and I was blown away by the message that I heard and I, I really appreciated that because as men, we need the, what you guys are doing. So you guys share with us. You guys can take whatever, which, which way you want to go with who wants to go. But share with us how my heart of the man came about. And then later on, we'll share more of what you're doing. I yeah, appreciate it, Dean. Thanks for the opportunity. It's nice to meet you yeah. and spend time with you. And uh, we are outdoorsy people. Uh, we just we just don't hunt a lot, but we love the outdoors. And uh, We're honestly, not just a hunting and fishing organization. Yeah, we're an outdoor organization. If you were to ask me, when do you hear God speak? I would tell you when I'm at the top of the mountain and get ready to go down a run when I'm skiing. That's the place I love to be the most, and it's where I really sense God speaking to my heart. So love that. I love what you guys are yeah. doing. I love the way you reach men in that way. And so we started Heart of a Man officially in 2019 as a 501c3 here in Indianapolis uh, with my son Taylor and myself, and, uh, and it was to reach men here in Indianapolis. But Heart of a Man didn't start there. That was just the legal formation of when we started something here in Indianapolis. Yeah been doing men's ministry for 35 years. It started when I became a Christian uh, when I was 29 years old. So back in Chicago, up mm -hmm. in the Orland Park area, came to Christ. As soon as I gave my life to Jesus, I went all in for men. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's because I grew up with two brothers and just kind of had, it felt easy to me to yeah. be around guys. And uh, that's what I did. And so I was in the Promise Keepers movement for 10 years. I was in Bible Study Fellowship for 15 years. And then I did a bunch of coaching and CEO training. I owned a manufacturing company we just sold two years ago. Okay. We had thousands of men in those plants. And so we just love men. We love being around men. Yeah. We love serving men. And we, uh, we just saw uh, the needs that men had. But where that really started for me was my dad left when I was two years old and never came back. So there were four of us in our family. My mom got abandoned uh, with four kids and had to figure out how to take care of them. And so honestly, when people say, how did your men's ministry start? That's really where it started. Because mm -hmm. when I got to that point where I was going to have children, I said, I can't imagine ever doing that to, to my kids. Just can't. And I won't. And so I said, Lord, help me how to know how to be a good father. 
I just want to be a good father. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you know, when you go to promise keepers, they say, well, if you want to be a good father, you better learn to be a good husband first, right? Give Absolutely. your life to Christ, commit to being a great husband, and the kids will come right along with you. And so that's kind of what re- really got us started. Yeah. And so those are sort of the, the, it's kind of a crazy yeah. mishmash of things, but that's how God works. But right? that was answering a call from a young age. From a young and age. And God, yeah. you know, is, it's, I, I think back on, as you're talking, I was thinking back on, on Joseph and his life. And when his brothers mm-hmm. came back to him in Egypt, yeah. and when he said, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. Yeah. And God took something of just an ugly thing with your dad leaving. Yeah. But he turned that he did. into something that's saving lives. Yeah. I mean, saving souls, but saving lives yeah. as well. Yeah. Because without fathers, our, our chances of making it anything is much lower. It's so much lower, yeah. and we all see it, don't we? The yeah. fatherlessness in America explains everything. Yeah. You know, it really there's does. so many books written on it now. Everybody agrees, but no one knows what to do except us. We do, don't That's we? That's right. And I just saw something the other day. I saw, and and I don't know who put it out, but it said it was really a thing about mothers. But it said a family doesn't necessarily need a father. And I thought, what a sad commentary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that anybody could think that now mothers are taking that job on. Your mother did that. My mom had and to. And you know what? And they have to. But you're much better off with a father. Yeah. And my mom paid a price yeah. for that. It yeah. took a, it took a part of her soul yeah. with her when she had to play both of those roles. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and and we need a father. Yeah. So Kyle, how did you come along and? work into this. Yeah, I'm really the result of uh, of what my dad described. So, um, you know, my dad came to know the Lord officially. He was raised in a home, went to Catholic school, was around Catholic church, Catholic high school. Uh, so he knew God, but it wasn't really following the Lord. And when my brother was born, preterm labor, uh, it was what my mom was going through. And my dad was on his face, on his knees, just asking, Lord, if you'll save this little boy, I'll give my life to you. And so... Uh, he did. And then I was born a little bit later, a couple of years later, and uh, again, troubled pregnancy with me, and they, they weren't sure what was going to happen with me. And I was born into, uh, into faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so uh, I grew up watching my dad and my mom, uh, both of them studying the Word. And uh, to my dad's point, he built a marriage uh, that was built on Christ. And so I was reflecting the other day on who my influences were that helped me come to faith. And, you know, of course, my dad is my example, but the testament is that my mom is the one who led me to pray the prayer that led me to Christ. And so a healthy marriage is without my mom, I've not accepted Christ, and so it's just such a cool thing that my mom and dad working together is what made a healthy a healthy boy. And so the outpouring of that for me was how did I get into men's ministry? I mean, I watched my dad year after year serving men, leading men, leading my brother and I. He was always he was running a business, and some and and then uh, a bit later in life doing Bible study fellowship as a teaching leader, which was basically forty hours a week on top of running his own business and building it from the ground, and yet never missed a practice, never missed a game. I believe, firm believer that uh, God is in control of time, and I believe for my family that God changed time so that we could be together and my dad could be present because that mattered. And so I was raised in the same family. <laughs> my dad never missed a ball game that yeah. I ever remember. A couple times if he was out of town, like he'd go elk hunting in the fall, and it happened to run with fo- with football season. And I, that was understandable. But honestly, yeah, I, I can say that uh, I was so blessed to be mm-hmm. in a family that uh, had my dad knew 
the importance of being there. Yes. And wasn't a perfect man. I mean, I'm not a perfect man. I'm, no. My wife's sitting across the table. Yeah, she can, and she can, she can vouch for that. that. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. Yes. And, you know, um, it, it was, and we're, we, we got a long ways to go with what you guys are offering. Mm. So I think before we get further, yeah, I think we're going to take a quick it. break. And we're going to let you guys talk a lot. Because if I talked, you guys have already brought me to tears <laughs> twice. So if I talk, because I, I know the importance of this. And, and I've raised three boys, uh, mm. one, two boys and a grandson. Mm. And um, the importance importance of God in their life is far beyond what anybody could even imagine unless you have it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let Adam come back on for just a second, and he's going to just share a little bit about our, those that make this possible. And we'll come back and we'll get into what Heart of the Man is. For the last 26 years, God's Great Outdoors Trail to Adventure has been broadcast out to win men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus Christ. This is only possible by the generosity of our listeners. Thank you to all who have supported us in the past. God has blessed us because of you, and we pray that you feel his blessings as well. Additional underwriting support has been provided by Matthews Archery, the leader in the archery industry. Mission Archery, with revolutionary crossbow technology. Three Rivers Archery, supplying everything you need to make your own traditional archery equipment. Hunter Safety Systems, saving lives is what we do. And Conviction Game Calls. At Conviction, we don't separate work from our faith. We believe that our faith should be evident in every aspect of our lives, and the outdoors is one of the best places to share that. God's Great Outdoors has produced many ministry tools, including tracts, DVDs, and books to help you reach others for Jesus Christ. You can access these items, other God's Great Outdoors items, and so much more at our website, godsgreatoutdoors.org. That's godsgreatoutdoors.org. Welcome back to God's Great Outdoors, a trail to adventure. We are in Indiana, and we were at the Heart of a Man organization with Kyle and Bill Moore. You know, I, I see men's hearts changing. You know, I, I, we see a, the, our world getting further and further away from God, but men as a whole, I see more men coming out, not only as new Christians, but I, I see men stepping out of the woodwork to say, what else can I do? Yeah, and that's yeah. changing. Yeah. So let's, yeah. Get, let's get into it. Why don't you guys tell us, you know, the heart of what you're doing, the heart, yeah. of, heart yeah. of a man. Let's do that. And, uh, let's and, talk about and it. And what you guys are doing yeah. and what we need to do as men. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell you, Dean, one of the most important things we do right now is, is Bible study. So we have 300 guys that meet on, uh, on Tuesday night. This is our beginning of our fifth year. Uh, when we were in Chicago, we had 500 guys that would meet on Monday night every every Monday night, and so that was through Bible Study Fellowship, and and they do a great job of teaching men how to read God's Word and understand it. But what was missing in Bible Study Fellowship was the relationships, mm-hmm. and what we realized is that if we don't have a relationship with another guy, God's Word is just landing on hard soil, and so we started to realize that the parable of the sower, Luke in the book of Luke, right, the gospel of Luke, he talks about this soil where the seed lands, and it's the quality of the soil that matters. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, man, you can put seed, all the seed you want on bad soil, it's not going to grow. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get that seed, that soil ready. And so Heart of a Man has really figured out that what we are is just farmers. We're heart farmers. We dig in the soil of men's hearts. We get them in a place where they can be around other men. So they're in relationship with guys. They're together. They're with each other. And then we dig and we dig and we dig. And then we plant God's word. If you don't plant God's word, you know what goes in? Secular psychology. 
that's what gets put in there or something worse, pornography mm -hmm. or what else. A lot of other things to backfill it. So you can dig in there and start helping a guy heal emotionally. But, boy, if you don't backfill with God's word, you <laughs> miss the opportunity yeah. completely. So mm -hmm. the parable of the sower has kind of been an overriding concept for us that's critical. It's critical for helping men start to understand. And they've got so much brokenness, Dean, you can't begin to imagine the men we see, just, just thousands of men every year, and the story is exactly the same. I'm lonely, I'm isolated, I feel completely just, I don't understand what's happening to me, I don't understand my emotions, I can't grab my hands around why I do what I do. That's the kind of the state mm -hmm. we see guys, and no matter what age there are, too. We've got 70-year-old guys that look just like 20-year-old guys, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I, even Billy Graham said at one time, he said, as you get older, you're your sin issues don't change. They yeah. don't. You know, Satan wants us, to, the older we get, the closer we get to Christ, yeah. as, which should come yeah. with age. Satan wants us beaten down all the more. He does. Yeah. He and, does. And, you know, it's, you, and you, had your, you have your sons here in, in ministry with you. Kyle, you, yeah. you were raised with, with a father that, that prayed. I, I got this from, from the one talk that I listened to that prayed for you yeah. from the time you were born. Mm -hmm. um, for, a, for a wife, yeah. you know, for, for your future. Yes. How is that, even your relationship with your wife, with yeah, your family, you know man. what I mean? What does that mean? Oh, boy, that is, um, man, if I were going to pray one thing for, you know, God has blessings in store for the, the, the people, the men who give their lives to him and who choose to follow him. He loves all people, but he blesses those who put their faith in him. And so as a follower of Jesus, uh, my wife, up until my kids, I will say, has been just the largest source in every way of growth for me, helping me see myself as I am, both the good and the bad. And, uh, and so a godly wife has just helped me immensely. It's, it, uh, when, we get, when we got married, you know, people ask questions about, what's the first year of marriage like and all that? And they'd say, like, what drives, what drives you crazy about her and drives her crazy about you? And the funny thing about my wife is that she'd be like, honestly, like the only things that drive me crazy about him are just him him being kind of crazy about everything I do. And I, I think that's really true is that I'm the more critical one. I'm the more sort of perfectionist of the two of us. And so, um, yeah, my dad's prayer for me to get married, just like we see in the Bible, your wife shows you who you are, then you have kids. And it's like, man, you thought it was hard getting that reflection in the mirror from your wife. <laughs> now wait till you have kids. And that is only positive in my growth. Yeah. It just helped me so, so much to see, man, I can't do that anymore. I see how I'm affecting my wife. There's a great book, I think, Under Discovering the Mind of a Woman by Ken Nair. And he uh, describes your wife as your barometer, that when you walk into the room, uh, she's a gauge and she can't not be affected by you. She naturally, God has wired her to respond to the way you act. And so when you show up, if you're angry, she shows that to you as, as your gauge. And so um, I really uh, adopted that principle to say, when my wife's doing something that maybe frustrates me or I don't understand, I need to ask myself, what am I doing first? And uh, and usually that's been, okay, I'm the problem and I need to I need to get get right first mm -hmm. so that prayer for a wife has changed me immensely oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't help but change a man yeah, yeah. dean kyle's our our trainer he's our lead trainer and he's our he teaches the bible and so uh kyle what what are some of the key things that we teach the men that you think helps the most if you think about that yeah so 
one, one of the things that we struggle to do as men in the context of other men, in the context of our wives, is fixing, fixing each other. So we see a problem and we want to fix it. Our wives make it clear to us, that's not helpful. I want you to meet me where I am. I want you to help me. And so we talk about this idea of getting in the well with people. It's this, it's this concept of something's going on. I'm hurting. And the last thing I need is someone to stand at the top of the well and yell down, hey, this is what you got to do to get out. What they need is someone to come and help them and be with them and and just feel their pain with them before they work on getting them out. And so that's really what we're teaching, guys, is how do you ask good questions? How do you look for emotion? How do you listen well and uh, really learn to uh, connect with what the person's feeling and then work together with them and let them be the one to say, okay, this is what I need. And so that's how we work is identify what a person's feeling, help them uh, understand that by asking them questions. They can conclude where they're at and then, okay, well, what do you need? And they'll say, well, I, I just need a hug or I just need someone to tell me I'm, I'm good at this. And um, so that's one of the big tools that we teach is uh, attunement and not fixing. It's a rule we have in our Bible studies actually as leaders is that you cannot fix the guys in your groups. There's no prescribing. There's no telling them to read a book unless they ask you for mm-hmm. it. So that's, Dean, that's great it, it's one of the things, guys, it's why they leave groups. Honestly, if you talk to guys and say, why, why did you quit coming when they quit coming? It's like, because everyone in the room's trying to tell me how to fix me. You know, hey, why don't you read this scripture? Why don't you read that book? Mm-hmm. You know, you need to stop doing that. And when guys do that, another guy that's hurting is like, I don't need to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like you care about me. You just want to tell me what to do because you're uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so when you get in a room with a group of guys that says, hey, I hear you and I'm feeling this. Is that what you're feeling? That makes a guy feel so known and so loved and so cared for, something incredibly unique for men yeah. and very different, and that's when we start to see the yeah. magic happen, yeah. you know? So. And, you know, most of us, when we're struggling and we have a problem, we know what the answer is. Yes. It's for someone else to come yes. and tell us. So yes. true. Sometimes I feel yeah. degraded because <laughs> instead of just showing that, I love you. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. I will say that in our, our men's group at church yeah. has been has come to the point where it's just caring for one yes. another. Yes. And someone can say, someone's okay to say, let's see what the Bible says about it Absolutely. and how we deal with it yeah. because we're not trying to show it. We're yeah. letting God show it. Yeah. And we'll ask a guy, hey, what do you need right now? Do you want us to give you advice? Boy, it's amazing when you do that. Yeah. Most guys will actually say, no, I actually yeah. don't want advice. That's not what I needed. Once in a while, guys say, you know what? I really could use some advice. Yeah. What do you guys think? And that helps because now everybody goes, oh, okay, yeah. well, I'll chip yeah. in on that. And then they pull out their Bible and they start digging and say, hey, did you see this? Yeah. But most of the time, the guy's like, no, I really didn't need advice. I actually know what to do. Yeah. And when you say something yeah. like that, you make me feel stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I really I, appreciate I, that. I can dude. see myself on both sides yeah. of that. My wife probably yeah. over there thinking the same thing yeah. about me. Tell us a little bit about the, the talk that I heard you talk about was preparing men, but also you, you made a point of making it a, a priority to care for young men, as, yeah. as older men. Yeah. And one of the things I think, as, as older men in the body of Christ, there's so many come to um, an age of retirement in, in our world. And instead of doing what the Bible tells us to do, which should be an example for the young men and the young women for the ladies, Retirement becomes retirement in all, in all mm-hmm. sides. That's right. We have something to offer because we've been through it, and God has yeah. brought us through things that these guys, young guys, are needing. 
And most guys are, are saying, I've done my share. Well, we haven't. Yeah. That's the time when, when it's time, when our kids are grown, it's a time to pour into others. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's a great insight, Dean, and sure appreciate it that you see it that way. And uh, I love the guys that are my age, and I'm trying to make more friends, the guys at my mm-hmm. age, because I need more friends. So, uh, so I appreciate those guys. But I, what I'm finding is that when I don't know what to do, I go play as an older guy, if I'm not sure what to do, I t- my tendency is to just go play some more because I know how to do that. I know mm-hmm. how to fish. I know how to play pickleball. I'll go snow ski, golf, whatever. And I, that's just easy to do. But I really want to help people. But most guys aren't sure what to do. They honestly don't. And then when you get into this emotional space with a younger man, I'm telling you, it is so awkward and difficult for most guys our age. Mm-hmm. They just struggle. They don't right. know where to go they don't know what path to take it so they just stay out of it you know but for me personally you know it's so hard because I was that guy Mm -hmm. you know I didn't have a dad I didn't have an older man that took an interest in me not ever I mean honestly Mm -hmm. I I never had an older man come alongside of me anywhere along in my lifetime and take an interest in me and say Bill and I'm like man I can't do that I'm watching these young guys they just need a dad and so many of them are missing dads and you say well the divorce rate's down for Christianity that that's not right it's was he there was he actually there was he physically there was he emotionally there and most of the times no he checked out emotionally and so now those kids are older his kids are older and those are the guys we're talking to yeah my dad was a Christian yeah he was at home well what was it like he just didn't connect with me. Yeah. I couldn't connect with him. And you could see the tears in their eyes. And so guys at our age now have an opportunity to say, okay, I need to go to work now. I need to get about this, right, because God called me to help here, and he didn't call me to go play the rest of my life. Right. He didn't make all that investment in me to go play. He wants me to work. And so we view work as a six-day work week. Still that way. doesn't change when you get to 65. There's still six days to work. Yeah. The question is, what's the work? What is the definition of work? Who should you be working for? What should that look like? We still think you should work six days and rest one, not work two hours and rest ten. We don't think that's what God called us to at all. And so we think that place is for young men to help young men because they desperately need men our age to say, man, I love you, I care about you, I want to help you. I hope that this radio program is speaking to men in a different way. I hope what you guys are doing continues to speak. I think our time here is short. We've got a time we're in a we're in a time of grace. Mm-hmm. God could return at any time, but until that time, those of us that know Christ have a responsibility to share it to others. Because yeah, if not, He would take us home now. Absolutely. So those men that are listening that are wondering how do I get involved in something, here's a perfect opportunity. We'd love to have you. Yeah, uh, you know, come come alongside these guys and uh, and find out how to do it yourself, and then find some guys to go out to to go out and serve. Because we're called to do that. That's it. Thank you guys for your time. Thanks, Dean. It's uh, it's been great, and we will do it again sometime soon. Maybe you guys come to the UP of Michigan and do a, a men's retreat with us sometime. I'd love to see that. that. And uh, and we'll sit down and do it again. Thank you. This is Dean Halls for God's Great Outdoors. Adam is going to see us out in a minute, but you know I, I hope today's program spoke to you. I hope that as men, as women too, that are listening, we have a lot of women that listen. Encourage your sons. Encourage your your husbands to be what God would call him to be. So until we meet up with you again next week, this is Dean again for God's Great Outdoors. We'll find you again on the trail to adventure. 
God has a plan for every one of his children in this world. When we choose to go our own way, we step away from the plan and take things into our own hands. That's why men have become the laughing stock of our entertainment in this country. We haven't followed the plan set out by God to lead our families, our churches, our communities, and more. On today's show, Bill and Kyle told us about how they're helping men recapture what God has given each man. We want to challenge our men to step up and be what God has called you to be. For those that are hunters, you'll understand what it means to put on a suit of camouflage and blend into your surroundings. This is good for hunting, but God is calling us out of the camouflage of this world and to put on our hunter's orange and stand out. For all men, life can be full of challenges, sorrows, and tough decisions, but even in the middle of hardship, the Lord directs us to be strong and courageous. The children of Israel had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses and Aaron were dead, and it was up to Joshua to lead them into the promised land. He'd have to claim his land from the current inhabitants, fight and lead battles, and provide spiritual leadership for a large group of people. And he was feeling the overwhelming weight of the task before him. The Lord offered these words of encouragement in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Men, God has given you this same promise. It's time to stand and live out all that God has called us to as men. If you've enjoyed today's program and would like to hear the extended podcast version, you can find it by looking for Dean House or Trail to Adventure wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This program is provided by and can be contacted at God's Great Outdoors, P.O. Box 414, Powers, Michigan, 49874, or on the website, godsgreatoutdoors.org. Thank you for joining us this week in God's Great Outdoors. We hope that you are encouraged by the Heart of Man Ministries. This is Adam Erickson, and for myself and our host, Dean Hulse, we hope you'll join us again next week as we head down the trail to adventure in God's Great Outdoors.